0: Hey everyone, welcome to Bridge Stories. This is our new podcast giving people space and time to tell their stories of encountering God and being changed by Him. We hope you're encouraged by these stories and also that you leave excited that you know a lot of really awesome people a little bit better. So sit back and enjoy. All right, let's do it. All right. (laughs) So why don't you formally identify yourself for the record?
1: Okay, I am. Actually, I am Constance Faith Avinia.
0: I had no idea your name was Constance. Yes, I know you as Connie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm glad to have you on our podcast, Connie. Thank you, Mandy. Thank Thanks you. for coming in. Yeah. Um, so I, I've been thinking for a while about um, different people I'd, I'd love to have on, and um, I don't I don't want to freak you out, but I was mm-hmm. driving here and I was thinking about you, and I was thinking about uh, our time together, and mm-hmm. I was I was a little nervous about it, really, because oh. my experience with you uh-huh. is that you are a tremendous listener. Mm-hmm. I I've been told. I, Every time I've ever talked to you, I just feel like, man, she is so present and she's listening. It's a great feeling. But I don't know that I've ever sat and just chatted and heard you talk a lot. So mm-hmm. which is kind of like at the same time, very curious to get to know you and have mm-hmm. you. Uh, mm-hmm. But also, like, I hope she's ready to not listen the whole time and talk. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, actually, I once I get going... You'll probably have to stop me because I can talk.
0: Okay. Well, I'm, I'm excited for that. So why don't you just introduce yourself? I'm, I'm sure a lot of people who are going to listen are, are mm-hmm. familiar with who you are. Mm-hmm. And then there's kind of like a, another level of people who say, oh, I, I recognize that mm-hmm. woman, but I, I don't know her. So tell us uh, where you came from, and we'll just mm-hmm. start to talk about your background a little bit.
1: Okay. Well, I was born to missionary parents um, it, and in Cuba.
0: You were born in Cuba. I'm
1: sorry. I like to say I was made in Cuba. Okay. But I was born in Fullerton. Okay. (laughs) I had an older sister, Ruth, who was born in Cuba. Okay. And the sister after me, also born in Cuba. So three girls. um, I was born in 1956. Okay. Mom and dad had... um, I'd love to talk about them, if you don't mind.
0: I would love that, yeah.
1: Okay. Okay. So um, they were attending what is now Vanguard. And it was Southern California Bible College back
2: oh, okay. then. okay.
1: And um, mom was the mission secretary. And uh, it was, dad was in his, I think, sophomore, junior year probably. And they were having big time revival meetings. Um, itinerant preachers were coming through and big, uh, they were talking about the end times. And, uh, and so dad really felt um, that he called to Cuba. And For some reason, um, I don't know who was telling them about Cuba. Wow! So he and a friend—I believe the name—the friend's name is Scotty. They left school, dropped out, and, uh, and traveled across the U.S. and got on a ferry and into Havana and ended up in a town called Trinidad.
0: And did your mom go with them at that no. point? No, uh,
1: she okay. she was um, back at school. Okay, yeah, she she was a really good student. And, um, well, like I say, the mission... Dropping
0: out wasn't for her. No. Okay. (laughs)
1: Until. Until. Yeah. Um, Anyway, so they communicated, you know, because she was the mission secretary. And so I think dad was over there for about a year uh, and came back home. Um, Interesting. My dad has had a lot of women bless him in his life, beginning with his great-grandmother. Anyway, so in Cuba, there was a woman that took them in to her home, fed them, he, they were able to stay in her home while they ministered. And, uh,
0: and what, year, what year did he okay. go to Cuba?
1: Uh, what year? Ninth, I want to say 1950, Ooh, No, they were married in 53, I think. Maybe 52, early 50s. Okay. He was, well, he had to be like, they got married when they were 21. Wow. So 2019 when he left.
0: So when they when they got married, they they clearly went back to Cuba. Yes,
1: so he came home and he asked, went on a date, a double date with his good friend Bob Jones. Oh my gosh, they they were those two were characters, Um, and uh, yeah, uh, they hit it off. Or at least Dad told her he loved her from the get go, and um, and convinced her to let's have a whirlwind wedding and let's get going because we need to be in Cuba. And uh, yeah, her dad was not very happy about that, uh, but but they did it, and uh, off they went. And yeah, I wow. think uh, bless her heart, she she didn't know any Spanish. She thought she was going to be going to Asia, China, uh, as a missionary.
0: Okay, so had she been studying to to speak Chinese I, or I, something?
1: I don't know. You know, I don't know. She had a good friend yeah. who had been raised as a missionary kid over there. And was going back.
0: So they get married and off they go to Cuba. Yeah. I I know, I think probably just enough to sound like a a total moron about Cuba, Mm -hmm. but um, in this time frame, this is not Mm -hmm. what we think of Cuba now, not even a little bit. So what was kind of Cuba like in, in that time?
1: Well, you should watch the um, the movie Vivo with with Colton. Okay, uh, it's oh, yeah, yeah, it's like a
0: little Pixar movie or yes. Uh, animated. Okay. Yes,
1: by Lin Manuel Miranda directed it. Oh yeah, yeah. Huh. So it's got a lot of rap and yeah, you know. um, that depicts what Cuba looked like back then and okay. still looks like now. Okay, it's not changed much. Um, but it, the people were joyous, it, you know, it lot it, just the music, you know, the just lifestyle, the happy people, you know. Um, and mom and dad loved it. Um, uh, and the people loved them. Yeah. It, was, it was really a neat time. Um, they started a church in Santi Spiritus, which translates to Holy Spirit. Um, it, it was really kind of neat how the organization was formed. It was Las Buenas Nuevas, the Good News. Uh, he had a radio station, um, and,
0: uh... It, oh, he had, a, like, a radio station in Cuba. Yes,
1: yep, in wow. town. I know, it. there's a picture of him in a VW bus. You know, I, I don't know if Danny knows that. Uh, re, you know, with all, like, these yeah. things on and, uh, all the equipment. So,
0: so, was he, was he preaching? Was he talking yes. about... What was he, what was he doing on the radio?
1: Um, definitely, uh, you know, um... Uh, spreading the good news about the Lord. And, you know, uh, lots of people, and then they would have meetings at night, like out in the open squares, and lots of people were getting saved. It was an exciting time. Wow. Right, yeah.
0: So so out in the square, so at this point, mm-hmm. you know missionary is not a, a problem. The Cuban government doesn't see this as a problem, not, not at all, yet.
1: right. So it was still under the rule of Batista, okay. you know, um, Lots of missionaries were coming, including my mom, my dad's uh, parents. My, his stepfather and mother came as well. So I want to back up a minute because dad had a taste of the mission field um, with his dad and mom. Um, they, they Okay, my dad's real dad uh, died from polio. Oh, okay. Dad was a year and a half old. Uh, his mom remarried. She was quite the party girl. They didn't know the Lord. Um, they moved from Kansas to... Um, Fresno. And then my...
0: I'm sorry, from Kansas to Fresno. You think you're upgrading and you're going to California. Sorry if you're from Fresno. (laughs) Exactly.
1: Yeah. And so anyway, um, dad was pretty much raised by his grandmother, Grandma Simpton. She was a powerful woman and godly woman. Um, But his mom uh, didn't know the Lord yet, or or maybe she chose not to walk with the Lord at that time. So she met a, a Strapping good-looking guy, uh, Buck Northrup, tall man, really good-looking guy. Sounds
0: like a Western cowboy in, like, Hollywood. Montana, or I think uh, he was Northrop. Northrup. From, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. A William name. C. Northrup. But, you know, his... Great name. Mm-hmm. And But he went off to Hawaii to work in the sugar cane industry, c and Sugar, I think. Um, he managing the teams or something like that. And he asked for uh, my grandmother to come over to, to get married. Well, wait. I maybe she just to come over and, and visit and to stay. Well, well, then then they were going to get married, and so they called for my dad at six years old uh, to come over to join them. He went over on the one of those big ships. I want to say it's the SS Lurline Lurliner. I think that was the name of it. Wow. So he was born in 1930. He was six in, in 36. Off he goes, and it wasn't a passenger ship at that time. It was a. Um,
0: like cargo or cargo something. ship
1: yes but they treated him so well and there's a little picture of him as dressed as a captain the cutest he was the <laughs> cutest kid like Colton is so cute uh, my dad was that way yeah anyway he arrives all excited and gets off the ship and and uh, to meet his grand his his dad his new dad to be and and they didn't hit it off too well it was kind of sad so immediately he felt rejected uh, but his you know mother was So happy to see him. Anyway, they had two more children, got married, had two more children there in Hawaii. Then 1942 comes, the bombing of Pearl Harbor. But they were on the big island, Kona and, you know, living there. But immediately they had to um, start helping the soldiers. So my dad remembers um, that his mom started sewing um, uniforms, repairing uniforms, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: preparing meals. And,
0: um, yeah, they were gearing up for world war two. Yes. Wow. It was wild. From a a very young age, if Mm -hmm. if you had looked all the way back, it it wouldn't have surprised anyone that your dad kind of had this, uh, this adventure spirit in him.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And he was a free spirit too. He, yeah, I'll have to tell you more about him as time goes on. Anyway, they come back to Fresno and... Trying to remember now, Dad. I wonder if he came back first. I don't. Maybe he did, but he was about eleven or twelve. He got saved at a revival meeting that his grandmother took him to. Wow. Yeah, and then when his parents arrived from, so he must have gone ahead of them. He asked them to go to church. They get saved and turned on for the Lord. And uh, when Buck Northrup heard about the Amazon jungle needing in Venezuela needing missionaries uh, like the first missionaries <laughs> they they got themselves ready they were trained up in Mendocino County oh yeah at an army base or something okay. yeah yeah cuz that would resembled what being in, in the that environment in the jungle would uh, just really
0: was. damp wet
1: right yeah i think so yeah
0: so so your dad ended up going to Venezuela too
1: so off they went in a 1930 model A car
0: driving oh, five of them yes in venezuela yes. okay I, crazy crazy keep 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 going i gotta hear this
1: <laughs> okay so yeah they they um had a uh, terrible accident in oaxaca which is southern mexico that almost uh, rolled him off the road uh, dad wrote all this down which is so wonderful for all of us to have yeah my my brother john he i'm hoping he does something with it he's a video producer, move. He could make a movie. He, wow. he hopes to, anyway, I hope he makes a movie of dad's life. Wow. Yeah. But, and then there's a time when my, in Mexico, my grandmother got really sick. I think it was meningitis. Okay. And my uh, grandfather called for the past, local pastor to come and pray for her. And he asked for some oil. And my grandfather told my dad, go in the kitchen and find some oil. Well, all he could find was a jar on the stove, it turned out to be chicken fat, you know, <laughs> and the the pastor ended up pouring it all over my grandmother, I, I guess bathing, anointing her <laughs>
0: anointing her with chicken fat,
1: yeah, do you know the lord touched her
0: wow
2: she
1: she revived you know she was well wow i don 't know it wasn 't long it, i don 't know if it was immediate, yeah. but they were able to get back on the road and and down to the Amazon jungle. I think, Dad said she may have been the first white woman in the jungle, which at the time was probably a very good thing that saved my grandfather's life. Wow! Because they would get into a um, raft or barge on the Orinoco River and go to you know uh, find tribespeople to to witness to. And one time there was this um, witchcraft doctor. I think that, yeah, right, witchcraft, anyway, I don't know if I'm saying that right, and uh, yeah, they, they pretty much surrounded them, and uh, my dad said he, he, it was scary, they didn't know what was going to happen, but because something that my grandmother did it appeased them, and you know, a, a food, made food, I don't know what, anyway, uh, they let him go.
2: Wow. I know,
1: I know, so, it's what, because that was, okay, that was in the... Because, you know, Nate Saint and Jim Elliot and the the five guys got killed in 1956, I think, they got killed down in that
0: area. In the the Amazon?
1: Yeah, by tribes. Okay. And that's a whole other story, really. Amazing story.
0: So your your dad, he's Fresno, Mm -hmm. Hawaii, Mm -hmm. back to Fresno, Mm -hmm. off to Venezuela. Yeah. How does he make his way to Southern California to Bible college?
1: Okay, well, so living down there in extreme conditions, but uh, they were part of New Tribes Mission, and a plane would fly supplies into them ever so often. And Dad was about eleven, and he he and my his he and my grandfather were having a difficult time, and my mom my grandmother said something to the missions director. And so they all agreed it would be time, and my dad wanted to to come back to Fresno to live with Grandma Okay, Simpton, my great-grandmother, his grandmother. Yeah, so that's when he went to high school. That's when he got, no, he was already sick. Anyway, went to high school, ended up going to Bible college.
0: I I can't imagine your dad in high school in Fresno, which I Mm -hmm. got to believe is mostly the the children of, you know, farmers and agriculture. True. And having anyone that can relate to where he's already been at that time. I know. It? So you you clearly have this tremendous heritage. Mm-hmm. So fast forward, your parents mm-hmm. end up in Cuba. Yes. If I'm remembering correctly, you are made in Cuba, not born in Cuba. Right. So what what transpires? Are they kicked out of Cuba? Right. Are, they, are they kind of hearing rumblings that you better get out? Or, or what yes. happened there?
1: Yes. So Castro start, came right. on the scene.
0: What year was that? Do you know?
1: Okay. I was born in 56. Celeste was born in fifty. Hmm, 59. It was right around, it didn't take long for him to take over. Yeah. Take the country over. So 58, 59. Okay. And at first, dad and mom both thought, hey, this guy sounds pretty good, like he wants to help the people. You know, and Batista was a dictator, I believe. Right. So they thought this could be better. Well, as it turned out, it wasn't. Uh, Dad went to one of Castro's... uh, long-winded speeches like he would go on for hours and hours there's a picture of my dad with two of the um rebel fighters you know Uh, anyway um um so yes we were there during the strifing the war started okay celeste was a baby my dad said that uh, we he would have us all get under the bed he would put celeste in a in a chest of drawers that would be the safest place for her Under the bed as well. Anyway, crazy, crazy times. Sometimes I wonder how it affected us. Hmm. You know, uh, our psyche (laughs) at the time. That kind of fear. Well, so much so that my older sister, when we came back to Fullerton, to my grandmother's house, my mom's mother, Fullerton Airport was nearby. Whenever a small plane would fly over, Ruth would run in the house and get under the bed.
2: Oh, my gosh. Yeah.
1: So sad. I know, I know. So anyway, yeah, we were told to leave. Americans could not stay. Um, I remember one missionary got shot at in a Jeep and lost his eye. So things were getting very scary. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, we had to leave. that We had no
0: choice. So you, you come back to Fullerton. Mm-hmm. And is mm-hmm. that where you grew up as a, a little girl?
1: No. So we were there a little while okay. with, with my, uh, my grandmother. She was another godly woman, Grandma Seals, my mom's mom. Mm-hmm. an Amazing lady. Uh, and they were attending an Assemblies of God church. That was Mom and, mom's church, home church in Fullerton. Okay. Um, so they uh, they knew they were already going to be stay in, in missionary work. They thought they were going to South America, Brazil. But we ended up in Mexico. Okay. We go to Mexico, and dad gets really ill. Mm. He'd been tested up here. I want to say at the City of Hope. So he'd already been really ill up here before we left. Okay. Turns out he had tuberculosis. And the government sent a letter to Grandma's house or the state saying, uh, Paul Northrop needs to report to City of Hope. He needs to be in quarantine. Hmm. And so sure enough, we had to come back. And he was there for three months. And again, a very scary time, not knowing if he would survive it. He He got real thin and very, very sick.
0: How did they treat tuberculosis at that time?
1: You know, I don't know. I honestly don't. That's a good question. Yeah. But definitely quarantine. He had, I'm not even sure my mom could see him. You know, she would go visit him. But we were all at my grandmother's house in Fullerton, yeah. I have a few memories of that, not, not a, a lot.
0: So he, he recovered. Recovered. And then just right back to Mexico? And where in Mexico were you at?
1: Mexico City, although. Prior to that they thought maybe southern Mexico, Chiapas area. Okay. And I don't know the reason for coming to Mexico City, but um, but we did. And maybe because that was a central place to start a Bible school. Okay. Uh, they had that, felt that was what God was calling them to do. So it's interesting. They started a church in Cuba and the radio, and but in Mexico it was more of a Bible school. Okay. And it was in a home in our home. And uh, young people would come from, um, you know, literally villages all around Mexico. Um, I remember that clearly, yeah. So my sister and I started attending a American um, school, but it was both Latin American kids and American kids. Um, we did our kindergarten and wow. maybe first grade, yeah.
0: Wow. And then in your home, there your, your dad is training up leaders to, yes. to teach God's Word.
1: That's right. That's right. And they were so busy you know mom was preparing meals and teaching the girls how to sew and she played the accordion you know uh, so she was teaching they, they both mom and dad were i just remember them being literally full-time ministry and continuing well they had the three girls us three girls wow then i don't know how we ended up moving to puebla a, a city two and a half hours south um the city I loved, that's where I consider that's my hometown, uh, because we left there when I was fourteen. okay. Yeah. but um, it was there that we um, mostly lived on a farm and um, lived in the main house, which also be- became the classrooms. You know, we lived upstairs, although they, I remember I remember the students, we were all together all. <laughs> <laughs> All the time, uh, and then eventually a building was built for for them, you know, dormitory, and then uh, class yeah. classes.
0: So I I I don't mean to interrupt, but at this at this time, clearly your your mom and dad are so inv- invested in the ministry. Yes, yes. So you grow up around it. Um, yes is is the idea of like a, a faith that belongs to you. Is this just something mm-hmm. that you just grow up with? Is it mm-hmm. sort of like that's mom and dad's thing, and I'm mm-hmm. learning about it? Mm-hmm. At, at what point did you start to feel like? You know, this isn't mom and dad's thing. This is something that I, I, I love Jesus dearly, too.
1: Exactly. Interesting you say that. But mom told me not—I mean, she told me she, she passed in, uh, when she was 73 in, in 2005. In, so uh, 10 years prior to that, she told me, Connie, you sat up one day in your crib in Cuba. You were two years old, and you just blurted out—you had been sleeping, and you blurted out, I love Jesus with all of my heart.
2: Wow. Back, and then
1: went back to sleep. And that just touched me because I, that was so true. That just rung, you know, I believed that, you know, and, and I just love that, that that would have been my reaction because I loved being with them in, you know, in the ministry, uh, it's funny, all of us siblings have different, we each have our own story, you know. Yeah. But, but I loved, I loved people coming to our house. Our home in Puebla was Grand Central Station, you know. <laughs> oh, my goodness. But I was seven years old when having family devotions. I just realized, I want to give my heart to Jesus. I want, this is the moment I want to say I'm, I'm wow. his. Yeah. Yeah,
0: as clear as day. At seven years mm-hmm, old, you just knew. Mm-hmm. That's that's so so yeah, wonderful. Yeah. So you mentioned Connie that at, you were in Puebla mm-hmm. until you were fourteen. Yes. And then do you come back to the states at fourteen?
1: Yes. So, um, the mom and dad really got very busy, and had two more children, boys. So now we were a family of five, seven, five kids. Yeah. We lived as tourists down there. So that meant that every six months we'd have to come up to the border. Right. You know, and that was always fun because we had hamburger, what a burger, you know, hamburgers and fries that we would all have to share. But uh, still, that was the highlight every yeah. six months and go shopping, you know, and, uh, with our, they gave us $8 to, to go and buy. <laughs> <laughs> and and I, mom said, and it's true, I love you shoes about and purses. One,
0: one gallon of gas right now, huh? I know. Right. <laughs>
1: exactly. Exactly. But anyway, um, went to school down there. Again, mom and dad were so busy that um, we weren't as involved with them in ministry. Um, But we were going to a missionary school with other missionary kids, and it was a wonderful school. About 40 kids in a house in our neighborhood. Um, In my ninth grade class, we had four students. We had teachers from uh, the U.S., wonderful teachers. Was it like a, bo-
0: a boarding school you were living there? Or? No, we
1: would just go every day. Oh,
0: I
2: see. Okay.
1: There was another very large mission, Latin American mission, uh, there that, and that's the reason that they set up a school, hmm. which was so great for, for our family. Yeah. You know? But anyway, so Celeste and I, we, because back in that day, girls didn't come out in the street to play. But there were such wonderful parks right out in front of our house, you know, in this neighborhood we lived in. So we made friends with the boys. And so we, I just there were several years where we were just hanging out with the boys, and it was all fun. you know, we were kind of tomboys, started riding motorcycles, and you know just so we kind of got sneaky because when Mom and Dad would leave, then we'd you know, they didn't always want us out there. They'd say, "You're you girls, you need to stay inside." But they would leave, so we would come out. <laughs> <laughs> so kind of got a little disobedient that, you know, uh, in in that sense. I say that because mom got worried that we were getting a little boy crazy. And I did mm. have a boyfriend. Okay. I was 14. And he promised me to to wait for him that, that we could, we'd get married, you know. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Let's wait to you. Anyway. Um... So mom said, I need to get my girls home. I, I want them to f- finish school up there. And and in her mind, she was probably thinking we would go to Bible school, you know. We never talked about it, really. Hmm. She did want us to go to college. Yeah. She really did. Mom was amazing, an amazing Old Testament teacher. Wow. And you would have loved talking to her. She uh, she really was sad to have dropped out of college as well yeah. uh, and had always hoped to go back. But my goodness, she knew enough already, and and life experience, you know. Yeah. It's too bad she couldn't have gotten an honorary degree. <laughs>
0: yeah. So often that life experience is mm-hmm. um, it comes out in teaching in such a cool way. Yes.
1: Yeah. yeah. And she was invited to speak at women's conferences. She she was the best speaker. My dad uh, was, you know, um, but my dad had the heart, and and just the people loved him, and you know. But mom would sit on the front row. And, and fill in his, his uh, sentence. <laughs> you know, or he'd, he'd ask her now, you know. Anyway, fill in the
0: blanks for him, yeah.
1: They worked together <laughs> so well, yeah. So
0: they were good at preaching together. They're like a team, yeah? Yes, That's yes.
1: Awesome. Yeah. But yeah. Um, so, anyway, we came up here to the Santa Cruz area because my mother's brother was a principal, vice principal at a school in the San Lorenzo Valley. Okay. Uh, maybe you know that area. Since yeah,
0: I I I know the names and I kind of have an idea. Yeah. I, I'm not super familiar with it, yeah. but I, I know it. Yeah.
1: Scotts Valley, Ben uh, Felton, Ben loman Boulder Creek.
0: Yeah, I, I know them by name, but I'm not.
1: Beu- beautiful area in the redwoods. Yeah. Um, the high school was only a student body of 700, so okay. it was perfect size. I though, I don't know about my siblings. I had a really hard time. Mm. Mexico was home. Yeah. That my heart was there, and and having attended a small school, yeah, and then to go to what I thought was. The- so,
0: so I, I forget English. to ask this; it had crossed my mind. So you're you're in Mexico. You're going to school. You even have a boyfriend. Yes. Are you primarily speaking Spanish?
1: Outside, but in our home, always English.
0: Okay, but you were you were a fluent Spanish speaker. Yes. So so you come back. Is there any like um. Is it like a cultural speed bump for you that now you're in the redwoods in California going to high school Mm -hmm. with kids who have no life experience like you've had?
1: True. Yes, I would say that was true. We had come up when I was in second grade and attended school. Mom and dad had taken a break. and It was a good thing. They bought a home in Fullerton Hmm. uh, for $15,000. My
2: gosh. (laughs) No, I know
1: that had to be in the or in the late 60s maybe okay so that gave us a taste of of the us and being around uh, you know um so that that helped i think prepare us for high school yeah but still it was hard because i ended up making best friends with the foreign exchange student from brazil <laughs> mindy skabelski oh. uh, bright we were both redheads and uh wow. yeah yeah that, that was a lot of fun. When I graduated, the cheerleaders, a couple of them said to me, Connie, why didn't you go out for cheerleading? You would have been great. I almost fell on the floor. I thought, they would think of me that way? See, I didn't think of me. Mm. I, I felt very insecure, very shy, you know, and um, didn't fit in. You're right. I, did, I felt like I didn't fit in. Yeah. And we really weren't involved in a church either. Oh, interesting. Yes. Okay. Yes. That was a hard thing. Mom was really wanting us to get involved in a youth group. Um, but it, it didn't happen, you know. We, we, here and there, but not consistent, not where we, we were really. So spiritually, I would say it was a dry time. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, my dad continued to travel. So my mom, bless her heart, raised five children. And Andy, financial... This is where financial insecurity um, took root in me at
2: hmm. a very young age. Yeah,
1: I was so in tune with mom because I was born 15 months after my first sister. My older sister, Bless. I feel bad for her because within six months of her life, mom was pregnant with me. Yeah. And so and I was just somehow connected to mom.
0: You just kind of read her body language and oh, knew the anxieties yes. and the stresses. Yeah,
1: yes, and and she would be very emotional, cry easy, and uh, but I remember just her worrying, you know, um, and knowing that she that she needed to trust the Lord, you know. Yeah, but the reality of it was tough. It's amazing. We lived on five hundred dollars a month. Wow. Uh, yeah, down in Mexico, so coming to the states, then. Was even tougher. Wow! And mom then thought she had to go to work, and it, it was a hard time, mm. really hard time. But God always provided; we never went without a meal. Yeah, it was incredible.
2: Wow!
0: It's an
1: amazing time.
0: So you have, um, you have kind of the seeds of adventure and travel mm. and missions mm-hmm. work deep in you. So you finish mm. high school, and then yes. uh, what do you decide to do from there?
1: Well, um, mom and dad. <clears throat> We knew we were going to go back to Mexico. They they had planned to go back, take my brothers and my younger sister, Celeste. And I remember my dad sitting with us and asking us, what do you girls want to do? I was floored. I thought, we have a choice. (laughs) (laughs) But we knew Ruth was already, actually, she'd already started attending uh, Biola. Oh, okay. For nursing, you know, career. And, um, so she was, she was down here living with some friends, but because mom and dad had the house in Fullerton, we were going to be able to live there. They'd been renting it out. Hmm. And so I knew that I just, I needed to to go to college. Um, I had, I thought I was going to be a teacher, which is what mom had wanted to be. Hmm. But when I took some business classes, oh my goodness, I fell in love. Yeah. Business. And my, my business teacher in high school Mrs. Hoagland, she offered to get me a job in Santa Cruz for the county. And I kind of, you know, thought about it. But then I thought, well, where would I live, though, you know, and really. So anyway, ended up down here, living in Fullerton. So I graduated in 74 from high school. um, And uh, started attending Fullerton College. Ruth and I both worked at Disneyland.
0: Oh, wow. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. When, when did Disneyland begin there in Anaheim? How old is Disneyland? I don't know. W- were those like the early days of Disneyland? Had it been established for quite some time? Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, I think so. Okay.
1: Yeah, because this was now the 70s. Don't you think the 50s?
0: I, I honestly have no idea. I um, People are going to give me a hard time, but I'll just say it. I'm going to Disneyland in April, uh-huh. and I agreed to go to Disneyland as long as it was on a weekday in the morning, because I'm um, I'm not a fan. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. Of crowds or just of lines, crowds, yeah. Disney. <laughs> 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 yeah, no, I get it. Yeah, yeah
1: it's, uh, it's 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 you, you've got to be prepared for it. Huh? I'm
0: sorry, I got us so sidetracked. So it's okay. you're going to um, Fullerton College, which is now we know it as Cal State Fullerton.
1: Uh, Fullerton College actually was the community college.
0: Oh, okay. I had no idea. Yep. Okay. And you're working at Disneyland and you're living in your parents' house that they, yes. had, they had bought. Yes. In Fullerton. Okay. Yes, yes.
1: Um, I thought I was going to say something else, but I don't remember. Um, yes. And both Ruth, oh, Ruth had, I don't think she was attending Biola anymore. Okay. She had found her niche in an ultrasound a uh, cor- uh, two-year course at, I believe, Fullerton College. Oh, wow. And, and that was just perfect for her. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, but we, uh, one of us worked at the – I think she worked at the Fox Theater in downtown um, Fullerton. That was that another kind of a landmark. Yeah. yeah. Um, and um, – but, again, the financial insecurity yeah. drove me – I thought, no, I've got to be able to um, – you know, support us. Um, and so that was always on my mind. I, you know, I took it very seriously. And so I looked for a job through the placement office at Fullerton college. And by the way, there's when I heard Phyllis's um, interview uh, or uh, uh, podcast yeah. um, about Melodyland days, Yeah, we had attended Melodyland in the sixties, actually, when I say second grade, we lived here. They were at Candle, I don't know if it's called Candle, Candlewood, I think, was the first building they were in. in okay. Ann Somehow dad and mom, you know, connected with, with um, the pastor, Ralph Wilkerson at the time, and yeah. um, and um, Glenn Anderson, Glenn and Peggy Anderson, were the associate pastors.
2: Okay.
1: We were baptized, as three girls, we were baptized on New Year's Day uh, at, at there at the church. Wow. Pa- pastor Ralph, yeah.
0: It- it's crazy when you sit and talk to um, you talk to Christians, whether it's either on a podcast and mm-hmm. or, or outside of it. You you just start to hear stories and you realize it's like a, it's like a spider web. There's mm-hmm. so many crisscrossing, and yes. it becomes kind of a, a small world. I right. think I, I think God intended it that way that we would realize that our 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 common faith is you know overrides all sorts of differences that we have.
1: That's right. Yeah, I love that
2: small world. Yeah, small
1: world. Exactly. I know it's amazing. So many here.
2: Yeah, you know,
1: <laughs> we have that connection. Uh, a lot of people kn- knew of Mom and Dad, or knew knew them. Yeah, a lot of people here at Bridge. Um, in fact, we, the Charismatic Clinics then in the early '70s or late '60s, Dad and Mom were very involved there okay. too. Yeah, Dad had a bout with cancer. My my Dad had major um, illnesses in his life. Hmm. It was really something. Um, melanoma. Oh wow! Back in the days, they would. They wanted to see the lymph nodes, so they opened him up. Complete, his chest was like across, a up and sideways. <laughs> opened him up to to look at the lymph nodes and make sure it hadn't spread. Wow! I you know it
2: There's, was intense. There was just
0: no like blood work or something they could do back then. No.
2: Wow.
1: Biopsy or wow. I know. So again, City of Hope, they were amazing, amazing. Mm. Um, and they gave him a five-year script. I think they call it, you know, with cancer. Yeah. That was back in the day. Um, I remember walking into melody Land. Dad had his, he was all wrapped up, you know, had a, a coat jacket though over his shoulder and, and, uh, pastor Ralph saw him from coming in the door and called him, come down, Paul. Come, and, you know, to tell about how, you know, the, the Lord had, had brought him through this. Wow. It was really neat. And they visited us in Mexico and, uh, Pastor Wilkerson and even David Wilkerson. I don't know if you know him, Crossing oh. the Switchblade. They weren't related. Okay. But he had the ministry in New York, you know. Um,
0: it, it sounds familiar. It rings mm-hmm. a bell, but I'm not not—I'm not placing it.
1: Yeah. I um, can't remember the kid's name that came to the Lord through his ministry, Crossing mm-hmm. the Switchblade. Uh, anyway, uh, Dad helped put on a crusade there for him in Mexico City. Wow. Yeah. My dad, he loved people, and he would just— Stay in contact with people, even up to when he before he passed, he he Mm. would just call people. Mom Mom would go, Paul, I think you're, you know, uh, she she felt like maybe he was, uh, uh, you know, bother. I don't know about bothering, but anyway, Dad just reached out. Yeah, he just kept in touch. Wow, and he had a relationship with Danny too, which is so cool. It's awesome. I know. So, back to, back to school, yeah. So, and then, so Ruth and I, we started attending Melody Land as our church.
2: Oh, wow, okay. Uh,
1: you know, in the beginning. Yeah. But didn't, weren't consistent with it either. Hmm. Because we were working as well on the weekends. And then, so anyway, I found a job with a CPA hmm. named David Avenia. Yep. Yep.
0: I've heard of him, yeah.
1: And uh, he had just uh, gotten his license, CPA license, and, uh, was renting an office with another group of accountants, and so I was in a room full of um, really older older accountants I think I was the youngest one yeah yeah and so I started getting my feet wet and getting experience you know yeah working with him um, and um, and continued continued um, tr uh, uh, what am I trying to say went to transferred to Cal State Fullerton. Okay. Yeah. And graduated in 1979.
0: And you were doing accounting by then?
1: Yes. Almost full-time. Working full-time and going to school. Yeah. time too. Wow. But life took a little bit of a turn. Got a little bit complicated.
2: Okay. So, yeah.
1: Um, again, I was in a very vulnerable place, you know, uh, lonely, hmm. so missing my parents. Yeah. You know, Um. And uh, both my sister and I, I think, were were lonely. We had our aunt, Aunt Nova, up in L.A. that we could go visit. She was uh, the best aunt. She uh, never got married
2: Hmm. um,
1: and and just really doted on us, you know. Um, Anyway, David and I um, started working together so much, and he was in a vulnerable place, too. He had gotten married. Um, and I hope one day you interview him, Andy. He has okay. a story, and he should tell his story.
0: I'd love to, yeah.
2: Uh,
1: but anyway, we began what, in, what really was an affair. Okay. Yeah. But we, we worked together so much. Mm-hmm. And, but then we'd end up having dinner together, you know. And So his wife would travel a lot. She'd go back to Mexico. She was from Mexico. They had met in San Antonio, kind mm-hmm. of a whirlwind... Uh, uh, um, Get together. And within three weeks, he married her because he needed to get back here. He was already 30. Hmm. And he said he was looking for a wife that would be a good hostess. It was kind of... <laughs> that was it.
0: <laughs> yeah. One box to check. Yeah. <laughs>
1: and on the way back, it was already he, he could tell that, that he'd probably made a mistake. It was, yeah. it was just a... It was a hard. Really hard. Um, but they ended up having a little girl. Okay. You know? And anyway... For seven years, it was a uh, secret—we were in secret.
2: Hmm.
1: I, spiritually, I was in the most—the worst place, I, you know, you can imagine, going to church. Because at this time, then, uh, Mom and Dad were coming back home. We were all living in the house in Fullerton.
0: I'm sorry to interrupt you. Did did anybody know? Were you sharing this with anyone?
1: No. My older sister did. And my younger sister, she'd already come up to live with us. Yeah. So, yes. And I felt bad that they had to carry that hmm. to, for so long. Um, but I'd go to church with the family on Sundays. Yeah. And I would ask the Lord for forgiveness, you know. And yeah. in the past, that Pat that, that, Raja story, uh, again, kind of, I think they were a, a, a church that were founded, uh, you know, as, as part of the Melody Land, kind of um, starting yeah. different churches. Yeah. yeah. And... um yeah just oh lord forgive me forgive me i you know i I know it's not right and but then i go right back to it because that was my work life that was like yeah it it was just that horrible turmoil and tension um um i moved into an apartment got myself an apartment okay and my sister my younger sister moved in with me but anyway it all came to a head when i got pregnant Okay. Yeah. We got pregnant. Yeah. 1980. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, oh, I, just the feeling that, and, and the reason I'm telling you this is because I've been set free.
0: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and
1: um, But it was years and years. Yeah. Of, of, of guilt and shame. Mm. We, we both, it, we quickly made a decision to terminate. pregnancy because i didn't uh, my my first thought honestly i thought i cannot tarnish mom and dad's reputation yeah i i just
0: you just felt that way
2: yeah
1: i can't plus i mean i i wish i'd had more time to think about it you know and make a way anyway um and of course david was still legally married right and so, but that was, I, that was finally the breaking point where we couldn't mm. go on, you know? So I, uh, broke up with him, mom and dad found out mm. and, oh, that was worse. I think than if their ministry had been tarnished, it was, it was awful.
2: Mm. Oh,
1: it was awful. It, it, um, they didn't know how to react to me. They were so angry, yeah. so hurt, you know? Um, and it it's like I, I had to stay away for a while. You know, we couldn't see each other. It just broke my heart. Hmm. Devastated, you yeah. know. Um anyway and but and, but but David and I continued to see each other, but I left and got a job. Okay. And I remember in December nineteen eighty, walking out to the parking lot where I was working, John Lennon had been shot. I don't uh, know why that
0: you <laughs> just knew. I
1: wasn't a beetle fan, I was a monkey fan. <laughs> <laughs> but, oh, I was just so sad. I was just my heart was breaking. Just the sadness of mm.
2: everything.
1: And I I didn't know how I was ever gonna recover, you know. Yeah. Um but dad and mom had some dear friends who rallied around me and and Kind of fast forward. It, it's kind of a blur. David helped me remember a little bit this morning. We were talking about it. Yeah. Um. But anyway, um. so in the breakup, I, I said to dad, um, because our relationship had been restored with dad and mom, hmm. I said, dad, would you go with me? I want to apologize to his wife, and, and I want to go talk to David to tell him that we need to break up for good. Yeah. And so he did. He ended up leading... His wife in the sinner's prayer. <laughs> <laughs> that was so, Dad. You know, and by the way, Dad would anywhere we went would would ask people, waitresses, anywhere we were, "Do you know the Lord? Do you know Jesus? Have you heard about Jesus?" You know, hmm. and, and people would respond positively. I remember only one time, one kind of surfer dude, kind of like made fun of him. You know, yeah. Um, so much so, Dad down in Mexico, backing up a minute, he loved photography, and he would go into this. I remember a Kodak shop in downtown Puebla and was witnessing to a gal, Margarita. Um, I don't know how long, but she ended up coming to the Lord. Her entire family came to the Lord. <laughs> she was like a wildfire. They started a church as well. That's kind of a whole wow. really cool story. Uh, that's part of the, the, um, yeah, the ministry continues in Puebla continues in Cuba too. Uh, it, just amazing, amazing. Um, I'm, I'm just, I can't say enough about my parents <laughs> yeah. and their love for the Lord. And
0: I know we've had updates here at the church. Yeah, Your, your parents' ministry in Cuba is mm-hmm. still alive and oh, very yes. well.
1: Yes, yeah. and my brother John continues to be in contact wow. with the pastors. Yeah. Just and
2: incredible things incredible. happen.
1: Incredible, and, and it's so hard right now. Yeah. So, so hard. Yeah. But anyway, back to David and I. Um, again, I... I we ended up getting back together. Mm-hmm. Um, I told David, listen, I, I know that I, the man I marry has got to love the Lord as much as I do. I love the Lord and, and I've gone sideways, but, but I want to raise a, a, a my, you know, children in a Christian home. And, and I, I know I need to be married to a Christian anyway. So I broke up one more time with him and my parents, uh, me into, or They asked some friends if, if I could go away. Yeah, you know, So I, I went up to L.A. To, to live with a pastor and his family mm-hmm. for a few weeks, really. When I say live, I mean stay. Um, but this is where I get—David tells his, his story so much better. Um, he had an incredible experience of coming to the Lord. And, and it is a, uh, an amazing story because he was raised Methodist— didn't really understand the, the Jesus and salvation. He thought he had a contract with God. He was going to become a multimillionaire. He, he just, he had, you know,
2: <laughs> wild. Yeah.
1: When his, his mom had given him a Bible that he started reading when we were going through our turmoil, and it scared him. Uh, hmm. uh, he realized he wasn't saved. And then he had an interesting um, meetup with a barber, it was, like, incredible how God...
0: Just uh, connected dots and people, and yes. wow.
1: So while I was away, not knowing this, he was desperate to talk to somebody about salve- getting saved. The only person he knew was my dad. <laughs>
0: I'm, I'm sensing a common theme about mm-hmm. this story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well,
1: so anyway, he goes and knocks on the door, and my aunt opens the Aunt Nova, and uh, she was always so sweet to us, and, and so, you know, she, she recognized him, and, and he said, I, I, could I speak to Paul, and so as he walks in the door, he looks over in the in the living room, and there was mom, oh, <laughs> mom could give, <laughs> mom, the, the, the mom could give some looks, and yeah, she was not pleased, and uh, anyway, dad sat down with him, and, you know, answered his questions, and prayed with him, and Hmm. said that when he left there, got in the car driving away, he had the most joyful experience of literally just laughing out loud, just full of joy. He he didn't care about anything, not even about us getting back together. He he was just so excited to hmm. have found the Lord, and he started going to Calvary Chapel and Melody Land, I guess he you know in anywhere he he knew he'd heard about. He was trying to go to Bible studies. He just
0: Soaking it all up. Wow. Yeah. So you're still in L.A. You don't even no, know any no, of this I is don't, happening.
1: I don't. And uh, it was January, okay. his birthday. My brother, John, came up to, um, to take me out to dinner. And I said to John, hey, I want to I call David and just check on him. It's his birthday today. I just want to wish him happy birthday. Um, and when I did, it, he told me, he, he, he said, uh, you're not going to believe this. I said, oh, my God. And I didn't. I couldn't believe it. Anyway, so that was January of 81, I believe. Okay. And um, so the rest of that year was still difficult. Mom and Dad were having a hard time accepting the fact, you know, that we would be together. He had filed for divorce, mm-hmm. uh, I think, in late 1980. And and, and she was, you know, kind of—they had gone their separate ways a few years prior. Yeah. Um. So— we are good friends it, today. Her, her, His ex-wife lives in Brea with her, her uh, spouse, and uh, we get together several times a year. Wow. Um, I know. It's pretty incredible. It's
0: incredible how God
2: ties it, things together. It
1: really is. It really is. Um, yeah, and I just, I pray for them. Um deep Catholic, you know, uh, faith and, but, but it's interesting. God has connected them with some Christian friends and mm. it's so fun to listen to them talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we'll never, we'll never convert. We are Catholic, but they start <laughs> talking about it and it's, so I know God's up to something in yeah. their lives. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, anyway, we ended up eloping long story short. We, we tried to plan a wedding, literally had planned it all, had the invitations. I remember sitting in mom's kitchen with my sisters starting to address the invitations and I it, we almost started laughing too about, Oh man, like, should we, should, should we really just tell the whole story in this invitation? <laughs> it was kind of, kind of, you know, it was just ridiculous really yeah. about the way we'd gotten to get, how all this was happening anyway. So, um, I forget, I think I tried to break up with him again one more time. Uh, cause I was just torn.
2: Yeah. You
1: know? And, um, and then we got back together and just eloped, and and the place I knew to go was where my grandfather, Buck Northrop, had. They years later come back to the states, uh, in Lake Tahoe. He worked at the Chapel of Love. He was the efficient. <laughs> <laughs> I wish he'd been there when I went, but he, you know, he he um, he was down here in a nursing home actually. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, so we started our lives together. And um, okay, this is where it gets exciting, where the Lord just met us. And I've been and...
0: excited all all along. By oh, the way, thank
1: you.
2: <laughs> I would board you, know, think, you.
0: B- before you go on. I, I think. Um, I mean, it, it's it's clearly not a story that, you know, is like something that's just easy, happy mm-hmm. to tell, right? But I think one of the the beautiful things that's so important for people to hear is mm-hmm. the story, mm-hmm. because, you know, we have a, a growing church community yes. and. And to think that we know what's going on in everyone's life is a lie. We don't. And people are carrying all sorts of things. And I I think when we're honest and we share these really, like, nasty things that have happened to us and the experiences we've had and the mixed emotions and all this stuff, I I think... God opens doors in people mm-hmm. that people are like I don't know if I could be real at a place like that and sometimes that becomes the difference between you know those people have their lives all together I'm never going back there yes. versus those people have their lives together in some degree because God put them back together That's right and I can relate That's with right. that so exactly I wouldn't be surprised Connie if, if somebody approaches you and just mm-hmm. says hey can I can I talk to you I, yes. I'm very grateful that you decided to share that story thank
1: you Andy thank you yeah. I, I did ask Danny it's interesting we ran into each other he I was in the office and a few weeks ago, and I told him. Yeah. I said Danny, you know, Andy's asked me to do a podcast, yeah. and I'm wondering, you know. And his reaction was, Connie, God will, he'll, he'll let you know. Yeah. You know, just how much you should share. And I was really debating. In fact, you know, we were supposed to do it two weeks ago, and then I had my teeth problem. Yeah. I, I, I thank the Lord for giving me a couple more weeks.
0: So you're thanking God for your dental problem.
1: I <laughs> guess you're right. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But I had such a peace about it in the mm-hmm. last few days, and when David and I talked about it, and I said, David, you know what? Our chains are broken. You know that shame is gone. The yeah. enemy doesn't have that hold on us yeah. anymore and ever again. And and I ha- I've just had this sense of freedom. And I thought, oh yes, if anyone here, especially. Uh, would would you know uh, be minu- you know if, if I could somehow be helpful in their walk and, and their freedom in the Lord mm. Yes, yes yes yeah. I, I will tell my story
0: yeah I, I just have a sense of peace and confidence that God's mm. going to use this story for, for yeah. certain
1: and, and that's a miracle in itself because yeah. I'm telling you we David and I lived with so much shame and, and uh, mm-hmm. guilt for years and years. Into our marriage, yeah. It, we the first uh, I'd say ten years were so difficult financially. He, he, he. We were trying to work together to in several different types of you know. He would start something, and it just wouldn't, you know, work out. And uh, in it, 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 yeah, it was just a hard time financially. Until, but we were attending church down in Rancho Santa Margarita again. Okay. Um, Mission Hills Christian Center. Okay. Pastor Mike, after Roger Story, was Mike Beals, who is now the president. Oh, the
2: president of Vanguard. Vanguard.
1: He's yeah. he's a different, he considers being the sixth si- sibling in our family. Oh, he wow. loved mom and dad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. I know, I know. Anyway, um, um, David got a, a, an offer. A, a headhunter called him, a recruiter, recruitment officer, or yeah. recruiter, called him out of the blue. Hmm. Um, and said, "Hey, there's this company in downtown L.A. Orlandi Voluda, Money Exchange, you know, with Latin American countries, and they really need a controller, bilingual. Anyway, he he just fit the bill, and was hired immediately by this gentleman, Italian uh, Pablo Paolo Orlandi, who was a, a real character to work for. Yeah. Anyway." That's the first time David had had a, we'd had a regular paycheck coming in. We were so excited that we started tithing. Hmm. and we, that's what I love about David is we both just have this if we look at each other and yes, yeah. <laughs> we, we don't argue about giving. yeah I'm just so grateful that we, that the Lord gave us you know that kind of a heart. Anyway, um, within a year, the company was getting sold. David was a major part in that getting that done to Western Union. And he was given a bonus equal to his salary. Wow. I know. That allowed us to pay off the IRS because we'd had some liens from when we had the business and to put a down payment on a house. Wow. Yeah, we bought our house in Tustin in nine. 19- Let me see if I get this right. Nine. 19- 1997. Uh, okay, I think that's right. Yes, for 241,000.
0: Wow, <laughs>
1: five-bedroom house with a pool.
0: <laughs> I, I've been. I've been to that house. Yeah, you have. Yeah, I, th- I think so. You guys owned it up until a handful of years ago? Yes.
1: We sold it in 2018.
0: I think um, I think when uh, Michael and I started uh-huh. that uh, married uh, life group, we had yes. a Christmas party or something there. That's
1: right. Oh, neat. <laughs> neat. Well, that was the money pit. And, oh, man, I went way overboard in, in remodeling that house. Okay. <laughs> so wishing I hadn't done it. If anybody, take a lesson, from, <laughs> take a clue from that. <laughs> oh, um, man, we put way too much money in it. But... Um,
0: so you start, you start tithing, and clearly God yes. blesses. Oh,
1: we saw it from the very beginning. Wow. Oh, that is a huge testimony in our lives. And
0: you know what? You've mentioned a few times kind of growing up with this financial mm-hmm. insecurity. I, I have to imagine mm-hmm. that uh, that was probably a language that God knew you would understand.
1: Yes. Hmm. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, yes. And just to have that freedom to say, Lord, I, I just trust you. But you, yeah. you know, and, um, and and you know, not not trying to think twice about it, and not holding back is just because you, there's such a freedom in giving when you know you're obeying Him in that area. You know, it's so freeing, and, and then just to wait and say, okay, what's going to happen? It's yeah. just an exciting way to live because He provided me with work. Um, I had a 12 year stint at K1 Speed uh, Indoor Indoor Go Kart. Electric go karts. Yeah. I helped that company grow from two locations um, up to um, 31 and uh, franchise, starting to franchise worldwide.
0: Yeah. I experienced the blessing of that job for you too. That's right.
1: That's right. Yeah. <laughs> when,
0: I, when I, this is my side of the story, when I, mm-hmm. I think I had worked here for like maybe three or four weeks, mm-hmm. I remember um, telling Danny, he, he was asking me, like, how can I equip you? What do you need? Mm-hmm. And I remember telling him, like, I think we need a, a victory of just fun. Yeah. I, I think these kids need to just be out of here. We need to just have like a, a moment where we have a memory, something, mm-hmm. just a lot of laughter and joy. Right? Do you know anything? I, I was new to Orange County. I mm-hmm. knew nothing. Mm-hmm. He said, I, I know someone. Mm-hmm. I'm like, is that a good thing or a bad thing or what? He's like, uh, she's the CFO of K1. I'm mm-hmm. like, K1 is awesome. Mm-hmm. So we took the youth group, and that was like a turning point for us. It was uh, oh, kids started coming back, and they had this common memory that, you know, I remember racing you at K1 Speedway.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh,
0: that's so neat. <laughs> and yeah. you figure out who's competitive and who doesn't that's care right. really quickly.
1: That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was a fun time having having you guys there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. but that came to an end in 2018. But the Lord gave me that job. And what was so cool is my um, office was kind of like Central Com- command the owners they were a married couple he was from france okay and she from new york they were wild wild they weren't married when when uh, uh, i started working for them okay they finally did get married i ended up spending half my time being there uh talking about a good listener yeah they would come in and back and forth you know uh, arguing or talking about and wanting my opinion and anyway, it was it was.
0: You're only paying me as a CFO. If you want to pay me as a counselor, then that's no.
1: right. That's right. <laughs> they joke that we should that I should have different uh, signs outside my door. You know what I was, but I had opportunity to witness to to them. They didn't accept the Lord during that time, but I'm hoping. Yeah. I'm really hoping it planted a seed. You know, but it was neat because there were other my my um, staff. Um, we just. They were a great group of people, and when they would go through rough times, I remember one of the gals, her husband uh, had uh, came down with lymphoma,
2: mm-hmm.
1: non-Hodgkin's. It, it, it was bad. Yeah. He ended up at City of Hope, wow. and I remember her coming in crying to me, and I just got up, locked my door, closed the blinds, and I said, let's pray. And uh, it, several times I was able to do that. Wow. It was just such a neat time. Uh, I felt like, oh, I just do. I have... I have an ability to to minister here, you know, to to be and share my faith, you know.
0: It's such a good reminder, too. I I think so often people think, oh, my my career, my Mm -hmm. my job is not one that lends well to sharing my faith. But Hmm? what were you doing? You were the CFO of a go-kart company, right? (laughs) Right. And and even when you ask God to give me opportunities, Mm -hmm. he can give you opportunities to, to speak about him and tell people about him, even... In the financial office of a, a go-kart company.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I know I was, uh, I remember one time sitting at Houston's restaurant, too, with with the op- operations guy, a new guy that had come from Texas. And he, he was really neat. I think he was raised Methodist, too. That's funny. Okay. But anyway, in uh, my assistant uh, controller. And I just had the opportunity also to, to just <laughs> talk about the Lord. And I took it. I just. That's awesome. It, it was just, yeah, just. I feel like I like I was starting to to yeah. practice like like to really be bold enough to to just start talking, you know. Yeah. I didn't have it all down pat. I, you know, I couldn't have probably you know, quoted verses uh, word for word, but but yeah, just talking about hey, you know, God, I love going back to God created all this. He created us yeah. in his image, you know, and and just the the simple plan he has for us, you know, to to Bring us back to Him.
0: It, it sounds like a, a little bit of your your dad was coming out of um, you as you believe. you uh, you grew grew in the Lord. You were yeah. telling me your dad would sit down for a meal and just start asking, hey, you know Jesus, oh. you know." Yep. It sounds like little bits of your dad were coming out of you. Yes, definitely. So I want to I want to back up a little bit because mm-hmm. um, you end up having kids. Yeah. And um, so, so when did that yes. come about? How was? Uh,
1: so we we were married then. Uh, we eloped in 1982. Mm-hmm. august tenth and um had a miscarriage okay and and oh man, we thought wow yeah well, that's our punishment then you know that's
0: mm. really what we deserve so we were still hanging on to a lot mm. of the guilt and the shame, yes mm-hmm. yes yes,
1: but then uh, uh but then got pregnant um because Michael was born in nineteen eighty three okay october 1983 and oh, that was the delight of my life was to be a mom. And oh man, I, I, when I realized that the joy, you know, the, again thinking, well, I have a child in heaven, and that's what I thought too. You know, I told David, if we keep this secret, the, everybody's going to find out. Our, 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 our uh, family in Christ is going to find out when we get to heaven because, yeah, <laughs> our son or daughter, and I, I just feel like maybe it's a daughter, is going to walk up to us you know and we're gonna be related anyway I just thought of that I don't know if the Lord let me think that I don't know yeah but uh, anyway uh, Michael just loved being a mom uh, and then Andrew came along a few three two and a half three years later okay and he was a delight and uh, although we were a little concerned to have another child because to think if we could try to have a girl we thought oh no one more boy <laughs> <laughs> so David's David's 13 years older than I am okay okay I love to tell his age because he's in such good shape and he doesn't look it. He will turn 80 next year. Wow. It's incredible. Yeah. We, we're having the time of our lives now. This, it, life is just, I'm just so grateful we hung in there because there were times when we probably wouldn't have made it.
2: Hmm. You
1: know that Shania Twain song? It looks probably like we not, made but, it.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, I do know that one. I do. <laughs> as soon as you said that, I said, "Yeah, probably not," but I do know that yeah. one. Yeah, I know that one because um, I'm pretty sure I danced with every middle school girl at the dances to that right. one. That was like a, that was a like big yes. middle school dance song. That's right. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah that's funny. Um,
0: now I um, so I uh, I attend Bridge Church board meetings, yes. and your uh, your husband is currently on the board. And I don't know if you know this. Um, but he says, you're his boss. People will ask him a financial question and he'll say, I'll write it down and I'll ask my boss. And some of the, the newer mm-hmm. folks, uh, fairly recently, some of the newer board members were looking over. And um, I think it was Danny or Pastor Scott looked at him and said, he means Connie. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, that's so funny.
0: So mm-hmm. I'm just curious your your experience because you... um. You've served on the, the church board here mm-hmm. as well, um, mm-hmm. and your husband has also, and mm-hmm. um, through all of your story, from mm-hmm. the beginning of feeling the, the kind of the pangs of uh, yes. financial insecurity and then falling in love with business and accounting mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. helping a, a successful business grow, mm-hmm. um, then you get this opportunity to, to not just use this gift outside of mm-hmm. the church, but in the in, in the church. So yes. what was your experience like doing that?
1: Okay. Well, uh, again, backtracking a little bit, yeah. um, I had, when we did um, get married, David had we, he had, we had an accounting firm. He had a client who invited us to church up in West Covina, Faith Community Church. Okay. And that, again, God incredibly um, making a way for us. One of the pastors there, Gifford Claiborne and Winnie, Giff and Winnie, knew my mom and
0: dad. It sounds like everyone knew your mom and dad, Connie. <laughs> I, know.
1: I know, but they showed us. I have never experienced that kind of unconditional love. Hmm. He, they just took us under their wings and encouraged us. And it, I remember him taking David to a. a a, a, like Southern California Edison, some meeting that he, that guy was involved. He, he was involved in Union Rescue Mission and everything. Mm. Anyway, had David give his testimony back then. Anyway, um, from there we went to, back to Mission Hills because that was just too far to drive. And I became the bookkeeper there oh, at okay. church. Yeah. Okay. And even under uh, Mike Beals. I was his, his oh, bookkeeper wow. when he was the pastor there. Very cool. Okay. Uh, yeah. That was fun. Yeah. Um, and so that, that's how I got the experience, yes. And um, so then we had one more church that we were involved in, a Nazarene church, of all things. Um, I remember seeing the pastor's picture in the local paper, the Tustin News, yeah. or Irvine News, and uh, I told David, I, he just looks like a really neat guy. Anyway, um, we ended up going to that church. We were involved there and on the board there. So, oh, one, oh I got to tell you, do we have time?
0: we have we have all the time in the world
1: okay so dad's um illnesses mm-hmm. he came down with bipolar manic depression wow yeah
0: so it wasn't it wasn't something that he had experienced that just kind of oh, popped up it hit him mm. he he
1: was high we now that when mom says we look back after moving here he uh, had this uh, idea to put on a huge com- uh, um, crusade at the Angel Stadium. Jesus 80, it was called. And I thought, I looked, I looked, Googled it last night to see when did Harvest start. And it was 10 years later that Harvest started their crusades. Dad got, I'm not kidding you, everybody who was known back then, probably a lot through TBN, through Melody Land, Andre Crouch was there. Do you know who Andre Crouch was? No. Oh, singer. Um, I just loved him. Uh, mm. Yeah. Uh, uh, amazing guy. Uh, the pastor of Church on the Way up in um, Van Nuys. Okay. Oh, I can't I think of his name? Anyway, just wonderful man. Um, so many, so many people came and, you know, it, it was well attended. It was, it was a really neat time. He tried it again in 1981 and it didn't work and financially was um, difficult. And I think that was the trigger that caused him yeah. to to uh, go into a depression mm. he, he tried to go and commit suicide on wow. a bridge in San Clemente it was just shocking But mom got us all together and oh we were just crying out to the Lord do you know dad was trying to find the highest building in Orange County and a couple guys on on the uh, pier came up to him they, they saw he was kind of distraught and started talking to him they were believers mm. they told him look, please go back to your, go back to your wife, you know, cause they knew Th- that was before cell phones. Yeah. yeah. But I, I believe they were angels maybe that the Lord sent angels. I don't know. Anyway, he was hospitalized and that began, um, a, a period of, of, uh, was about six months. He'd, he'd be into a deep depression. He never went back into a super high, high. It was depressions. It yeah. were so difficult, so hard on my mom. Um, but boy, it gave us compassion for mental illness. Yeah, I'll tell you something, you know. Yeah, we, we we didn't mind speaking about it because it's yeah, it was real. Your dad,
2: yes, yeah. yes,
1: and and we we had known our dad.
0: Yeah, you knew him as this dynamic, yes. powerful guy, and you yes saw him. Yes. So how old were you when that that happened?
1: Um, I was pregnant with Michael.
0: Wow, and that's
1: when Dad asked me for forgiveness again and again and again. <laughs> they, Mom and Dad felt so bad, and but God had restored our relationship, you know. And yeah. but, he, but he asked me if one more time, Connie, is it okay? And I said, Yes, Dad. We, you know, it's all under the blood, <laughs> Yeah. you know. Um, and I apologize. And I, of course, asked forgiveness of, for the, of them. Um, but yeah, it was uh, so. Nineteen eighty-three. Yeah. 1983, um, Thank the Lord for a really good psychiatrist. It was just a minimal, actually though, they put him on lithium first. Okay, And that ruined his kidneys, but it worked. It was a wonder drug back yeah. then. Yeah, you know, eventually at age eighty, it took his life—kidney disease. But mm. age eighty, think, you know, that's a good yeah. long life. Uh, and then, but after that, he he did have. A, we had a wonderful psychiatrist who, very minimal dosages of several different medications, kept him pretty stable. Hmm. so it's just amazing you know how um that and then i thought there was one other thing anyway yeah but um so my dad was so busy in ministry that we again each five of us kids have a story to tell i didn't feel like i was known by my dad okay in my childhood but fast forward to my mom passing away from my um brain tumor, an incurable brain tumor, Mm. which is shocking, shocking. But prior to that, I have to tell you, um, it was 2003. They were celebrating their 50th wedding anniversary. It was the 50th anniversary of the church in Cuba. A trip had been planned. My brother John was the main event planner, you know, and uh, Danny went on that trip. A couple pastors from Saddleback. It was a group of about 25 to 30. Okay. It was an incredible trip. All five of his siblings got to go back to Cuba with my parents. Wow. That was a God thing because mom was diagnosed with the tumor, um, the next, within months of that. Wow. And it just, it was, Andy, you, you, Danny could tell you stories too, but it was incredible, an incredible time But being down there with the church, the main church, especially in Santi Spiritus. Yeah. I, it, I think I got a taste of heaven. When dad walked in, the church service was already going on. And they would, oh, they would worship for an hour at least, maybe an hour and a half. And then the preaching would start. So they'd been singing. They were all up on their feet. When they saw dad coming through the door, they started clapping. Hmm. And it was like such joy. And dad just started going around to everybody and hugging them. And, you know, he was recognizing people, um, some elders in the church. Wow. Because it had been many years that he'd not been able to go back. He'd had a a trip prior where he had to kind of go undercover, but this was like total freedom. We were able to move about. Wow. What was his reaction to that? Dad was such a humble guy. He just was like a little kid, just just so happy to see everybody.
0: Yeah. Now, now you you kind of left there mm-hmm. relatively young.
1: Yes, three what, years old.
0: What was it like for you to see the reception your dad got as kind of an adult woman? Was that just like you had no idea of how much he meant to them, or
1: we had an idea? Yes, because he'd kept in touch with the pa- the the pastor that they'd put in the youth pastor. They put the youth pastor um, to head to over the church when they left in 1959 Mm. Liceo just a wonderful man and he'd done a great job yeah and and the churches flourished there are house churches and churches in other cities there are multiple churches all over the island uh, and they consider themselves under the Buenas Nuevas organization which was so great that that was a formal organization that the churches um, it it, the government recognized it and so allowed the churches to exist
2: wow that was a
1: God thing too Wow. Yeah. So, but my dad. Um. You asked the question.
0: Yeah. What was what was was it what was it like to be his daughter in that mm. moment and see? Yeah.
1: Just just, I cried. I just cried. cried. Yeah. Because he gave his life. He gave his whole life to the Lord. Mm. He was not a selfish man. He was so humble. Yeah. He didn't have a prideful bone in his body. Mm. And many people can say that of him yeah he didn't have an enemy that we knew of i don't think he did
2: wow. he loved people yeah he
1: loved people and he loved god
2: yeah yeah
1: wow such a wonderful example
0: that's amazing
1: and what was so neat is that when mom after mom passed
0: and was that 2005 2005 okay
1: her her memorial service was incredible uh, again a taste of heaven I think maybe four to five hundred people at the church there on the campus of Vanguard University. Wow! So many um, pastors and from all over uh, Mexico, Canada. Um, yeah, they came and they all wanted, of course, to share. You know, and then all all of our family. We were almost embarrassed that it went on that long, but but everyone seemed to enjoy it, and it was really a an incredible time wow. to celebrate her life. Yeah. Uh, I say she she was an amazing woman, they say behind every great man there has to be a a good woman yeah. <laughs> that was mom yeah and 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 they had a great love story, yeah yeah um but anyway, it was after that I was all five of us, I was the one more concerned, I think about Dad being alone, because hmm. it was always Paul and Vera, you know, and but he lived six more years um and, and we fixed up his condo in San Clemente. You know, he really enjoyed living there with his little dog, Sneaks. My younger brother lived with him at part of the time. Okay, but there was one day he said to me, "Connie, would you? Can I go home with you?" And I said, "Sure, Dad," not knowing exactly what that meant. Well, that that was it. He, I guess, he'd fallen. We knew that. We knew that he probably shouldn't be driving anymore. And. Anyway, so he came up to live with us, and I'm so grateful we had the room, the space. Yeah. And David said, of course. Said, yeah, that makes sense. 14-month, uh, the boys also, my my boys, really, boy, Andrew told me the other night some stories about he and Grandpa and their conversations yeah. that I didn't know about. And just really, it was incredible. Wow. His influence uh, on, uh, on this is so my dad, Andrew had, we had his 21st birthday party in our uh, Backyard, he and, and his cousin Ashlyn, and they got a jump house <laughs> in the front yard. But anyway, the, the kids were all sitting in the living room at the end of the night, and Dad was sitting right there in the middle of them all, carrying on a conversation. He he could get along with anybody, and and,
0: Even a bunch and of enjoyed people him. People celebrating their twenty first birthday. Yeah, wow, he was
1: having a ball. He was eighty years old, but uh, he gave his last sermon in my living room for, on his eightieth birthday. Wow, A bunch of people were there.
0: That Is it was, recorded?
1: I wish it was. I, I don't think it is. But if John had been there, he was the only sibling that he'd moved to Asheville, North Carolina by then. Okay. But yeah, we, we blew it on that one.
2: Mm. Yeah. yeah. Mm.
1: But anyway, I had, that, that was God's gift to me, I felt, of having my dad. Yeah. At the end of his life, I had him 100% all for me. Wow. Yeah, it was incredible. Incredible.
0: It's, it's so amazing how, how God kind of brings all these mm-hmm. things together. You, you had mentioned that, you know, they were so busy in ministry mm-hmm. that you didn't feel kind of seen or totally known. Right. And then um, God brings the story back together where, like you just said, you get them all to yourself. Yes,
1: yes. Wow. I did have to share him with my sisters, but but, <laughs> but the fact that I had him in my home. And yeah. and remember I told you that he was just, he had women in his life. He was blessed with women, grandmothers and all the night he passed away, we knew it was close you know he'd been he'd been sleeping really he he'd been unconscious um, and I was at k1 trying to wrap everything up so I could take the time off that I was going to need to take.
2: Mm-hmm. I remember
1: leaving the office about seven and arriving into by this time we he was in a home because he needed full time care okay. and we found a really neat uh, residential home where he had a room all to himself with his dog sneaks, his little chihuahua oh wow, yeah. And I walk in, and it's all women. It, um, I one of the women was the wife of Alberto Montesi, and another Latin American you know, evangelist, and uh, her assistant and my sisters and, and my, my stepdaughter, Laura, was there. I was so glad. Mm. And I walk in, to greeting everyone, and the, um, one of the women turned and said, Your dad took his last breath. Mm. It just blessed me that He waited for me.
2: Mm. Wow! But
1: we'd had enough time. Yeah. Mm. So God is amazing to restore, renew. You know, God is incredible. Yeah. To, to just to trust Him to make all things new, to put things back together. To yeah, I, I don't have enough words to describe. Yeah. How grateful I am.
0: You know, it's um, it's so powerful to have one one parent, let alone two, mm-hmm. that no matter what comes in <clears throat> uh, the roller coaster of life, whether it was their daughter being you, going through just mm-hmm. a, a really dark kind of turmoil season, mm-hmm. um, you know, you hear these stories of people who know the Lord, and, and through thick and thin, no matter what they feel, or they hold things together. Right. And I love what you had said before. You had said, um, "We did, you said, I'm so glad that we just hung on. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's how it feels. Yes. You just hang on for dear life. Sometimes just by the fingernails. Absolutely. And I, I think, um, you know, when you have positive people in your life, mm-hmm. I, I feel like the, the the encouragement just to hang on yes. gives you the motivation to do it. Yes. Yeah. And I, yes, yes. I think there's probably people who are feeling like, man, I'm just mm-hmm. barely hanging on, that are, are going to mm-hmm. feel encouraged by, uh, by you uh, sharing this. Yeah.
1: I hope so. Yeah. I think that's that's the neatest thing about telling our stories.
2: Yeah. And. and
1: and the Lord, just how he, he continues to pursue us huh? mm-hmm. and uh, restore us, yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, so I, I want to kind of move us forward a little bit and, and kind of head for a finish line here. Yes. But um, so you, you've been telling me that you were going to various churches. Mm-hmm. How did your, you find your way to what's now Bridge Community Church? Okay.
1: So it was about 10 years ago when Danny asked um, John, my brother John, to speak. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. And it was right after the 8 09 financial crisis, okay. I don't know if you remember. Mm-hmm. And I remember John just saying, he was so excited, he felt like he had a, a word from the Lord uh, for the church, you know, about change, you know. Uh, and I can't remember exactly uh, what he spoke on, but I remember uh, coming, was so excited to come here with him. All I remember, I remember Danny from the trip, I remember him uh, newly married, and that uh, they were pregnant with Kate, you know. Didn't know Rochelle, yeah. um, and and we knew about the church that it was it was um, a lot of people from Melody and and uh, anyway, so and it was an older building with like velvet seats and and stained glass windows. Yeah. Anyway, so I I remember telling David because um, John was staying with me and with us, and I said, David, let's go, let's go listen to John speak at this church in Orange. And David said, no, no, you know, we'll just go to our church. And I said, David, please, please, I have a way of... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and finally, oh, reluctantly, he came. Yeah, my siblings came too. I remember we took up the second, wrote the entire second row. And later, I thought, oh man, I guess we probably kicked Jenny and Greg out of their seats. Remember, everybody <laughs> had their seats. Yeah. yeah. So, and we were, we were kind of. I just remember just being so happy to be with my brother John and to be with Danny again. Mm. You know, and knowing how much Dad loved Danny. And then we got to meet Rochelle. And anyway, we left that day and david said to me this is where we're going to be going to church wow said really
0: (laughs) the reluctant guy not only gave in but he changed uh, his tune on church altogether yes
1: (laughs) yes it was wild so we started attending and just really loving it and danny was so kind to us he's another pastor that showed us unconditional love
0: yeah yeah Yeah, that is that's definitely his his gift yes
1: yes yes and then it was within a short time that we were getting to know people, um, but within a short time, Maggie called me and asked if she could nominate David for the board. <laughs> like whoa! I said sure. Yeah. Yeah. So that kind of started getting really involved. You yeah. Know. Another neat thing—it uh, it was about Michael. Uh, you know, our boys didn't come with us. They—they they would come with us sometimes. Right. But the, Michael has his story to tell too. But uh, through the men's prayer group. Uh, Michael Gay came back to the Lord, and the rest is history. I mean, he's, he met Erica here, uh, and they have a beautiful marriage and family and yeah. walking with the Lord, and it just blesses us so much. Yeah. Yes, yeah.
0: It's, it's, um, it's definitely been a season of growth with families. I'm sure you've yes. turned your head and looked around. It just seems like, where did all these people in their 20s and 30s come from? Yeah,
1: absolutely, yeah.
2: yeah it's it's a, exciting.
0: You know what I, I think so much of, as you've been telling your story, I, I think— you know, I'm I'm in my mid-30s. Mm-hmm. I think so much of, um, you know, church, I, I think church sometimes falls prey to like wanting to attract and be, you know, mm-hmm. cool and mm-hmm. relevant all the time. Mm-hmm. But I think for, for people like in their 30s that really want to follow the Lord, one of the mm-hmm. things that I, I just love about this church yes. is feeling like there's people a generation older that can say, just mm-hmm. hang on. Yeah. Um, here's my real raw story. Yes. I don't have it all together, but God yes. brought me through. Yes i I think so much of growing with young people and young families is things like this that you're willing to share your mm-hmm. story in this way absolutely yeah
1: yes yes and and we did get some help. you know we went to a, a Gary Smalley seminar at Saddleback back then. Wow, that was a huge just to just to realize we were very different in our personalities, David and mm. I and and why he he didn't always want to be as social as I. His battery would get charged when he would, yeah, you know, rest. And mine was charged being around people. So, th- and then some some counseling too. Of uh, just a wonderful Christian counselor, uh, really helped. So, yes, all of that is just willing to do the work to to hang in, like 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 you said, yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah. And yes. Oh man, if anybody wants to come to us and go have coffee and chat i'd love it
0: well people are gonna know your name and your face and Mm. your story now Um, a lot of people have the same experience um a handful have told me man i i felt like i had my my crew where Mm -hmm. i sat in church and Mm -hmm. now all of a sudden i'm like turning pretty popular so i think connie you're gonna be signing autographs (laughs) in no time (laughs) Uh, maybe we should get some printed eight by ten pictures of your face so you can have them ready
1: (laughs) oh no no probably people are probably gonna be shocked but probably had a different idea anyway. But I'm I'm glad. I'm just glad to be able to be real. Yeah. And and uh, I I this is a time in my life when I'm feeling such freedom in the Lord. Yeah. Absolute freedom, and I'm just excited for yeah. what the Lord is doing, especially here.
2: Mm.
0: Yeah. It's. Um... Know I told you at the beginning I I'm very grateful that you chose to talk and not just listen, mm-hmm. um, but I, I do want people to know that I I think um, one of the things I try to do is think like what do I what do I admire or know about the people I'm I'm talking with and mm-hmm. I I think my experiences with you whether I'm talking to you mm-hmm. or um, just watching you interact with others you are a tremendous listener not just you're mm-hmm. good at it I mm-hmm. I think it's part of God's gift in you.
2: Mm-hmm. Thank you. Um, mm-hmm. So I
0: think if. If I could just say something, I would say if, if people have heard something that resonates mm-hmm. with them about your story, maybe something they mm-hmm. haven't told anyone or, or they relate with, I think not only do you have an incredible story, but you're an incredible mm-hmm. listener. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm I'm volunteering you. Okay. <laughs> if people want to talk to you, you're a, a tremendous person to talk to. So I, I want to highly encourage it. Okay. Um, as we kind of wrap up, is there is there anything that you'd want to share with anyone you want to leave with them as we, mm. we kind of head for the finish line
1: yeah well the other thing I love is the generational and you spoke about it yesterday the generational blessing that we can pass down hmm. to our families and that even if we don't have it in our lineage we can start it yeah Can be the one to start the generational blessing hmm. yes and and that's oh just to keep the story going you know until he comes back for us and it seems like it could be soon but again it could be many many years many more generations but, yes, my mom was, they were prayer warriors. I remember my boy saying, Mom, Grandpa and Grandma pray every morning. And they mention every single person in our family's name. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, yeah, and what a blessing that is, you know, too. So I would highly encourage, yes, to pray for your families, pray over your children, your grandchildren. Yeah. And tell them, tell them about the Lord. And, yes, from a young age from a young age I, I just have such a heart i have a heart for young women too mm. to if you feel insecure you know whether it be financial or just uh, emotionally insecure you feel like you know you're uh, looking for love to, Oh, find it in the lord first let him be your abba father your your daddy your you know your your truly your heavenly father who loves you like no one else yeah and great... and he will and he will provide that's a great question. Yeah. I, um,
0: you know what I, in, in some ways I'm like ready to start my day now. I know it's past noon now, but I, I feel like just your stories and, and Mm. the heritage that you come from. And, um, frankly, I I love how you've talked about some difficult things. Just Mm. like when you say that you've been set free of shame, Mm. I can hear in your voice that you carry none of that. And I, I, I just feel like I'm alive and ready to like have an awesome day. Oh, good. So, I'm um, glad. We'll, we'll sign off. I'm just so okay. thankful that you said yes and you agreed to this. Um, oh, thank it didn't you. didn't take too much coaxing. No. Huh? I did have to yeah. wait and see if your um, your dental work was real or if you were just making up an excuse. It seems like it was real. It was real. <laughs> so we'll continue to pray for that. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, well, thank you for coming, Connie, and I, oh. I appreciate you sharing your, your story with us. Thank you, Andy.
1: Thank you very much for the opportunity.
0: Yeah. Okay. All right.